You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. How is everybody doing? Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Wrestling Takeover. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. This is Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. I got another brand new episode of the podcast. This is your official in-depth review and analysis of AEW Dynamite. Was this show pretty good or not? I thought this show was pretty good. I thought it was good. We got Fighter Fest next week. We got a great match announced tonight for next week for the AEW Tag Team titles involving the Young Bucks, Shane Strickland, Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. So that should be great. We also seen some women's action tonight. And we also had John Moxley defend his A1 AEW World Championship. I got a lot to say with John Moxley. We're going to see John Moxley versus CM Punk for the undisputed AEW World Championship at All Out. I could possibly see that happening. I'll go over that later on in the show. But again, thank you guys for joining me right here on the Wrestling Takeover, the number one podcast when it comes to creativity and honesty. If you guys have missed any of my previous episodes, be sure to subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check out all of my articles. I recently wrote a new one. It will be up pretty shortly on DiscussPW.com. The new article that I wrote had to do with Austin Theory. So make sure you guys stick to social media on Twitter at JT Takeover when I post it. Go out and check it out. Also, check me out on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. I appreciate the support over there. So, the podcast has been doing somewhat well. We've been great. You know, the consistency, we just got to keep it up. And I would just appreciate if you guys can go out and, like I said, continue to support the Wrestling Takeover and the podcast. Now, AEW. AEW, again, solid show tonight. We've seen some great in reaction from AEW. These wrestlers killed it tonight. We actually started things off. We're going to go right into the review. So we started off with Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky for the AEW TNT Championship. This was actually a street fight. Their segment from last week culminated to this week. It made sense. And overall, I feel this match was great. I feel this match was good. I liked it a lot. Now, Wardlow and Scorpio Sky, they had a decent match. And so we've seen strength from strength from both Scorpio Sky and Wardlow. So we get back to commercial. We see jockeying for position for both men. We see both men hit the turnbuckles. Wardlow knocks him down to Scorpio Sky. And he levels Scorpio Sky with the 747 Splash, a.k.a. a shooting star press. A man Wardlow size doing a shooting star press is real impressive. So I enjoyed it. The crowd went crazy for it. 
At the end, we seen a 2KO blocked and then shoved Lambert, did Scorpio Sky, and then we seen Scorpio Sky, um, he get nailed with the Spine Buster from Wardlow, and we actually seen Mayhem power bombs after power bombs after power bombs. Wardlow is really over. He really is over. The fans love Wardlow. I love Wardlow. I'm happy that he is the new TNT champion. So this is a decent opener, the way to start off Dynamite. Wardlow, the new TNT champion. The TNT championship, to me, in my honest opinion, I'm always honest with you guys. This is how I genuinely feel about the TNT title. I feel the title is a joke. I feel the title has really lost its importance because of how many times the title was being pushed to different people. A new person wins a title and then a new person wins a title and so on and so forth. It doesn't have a long lasting effect with one person holding that championship. I think the last person that was holding that championship for a significant amount of time was Miro. Love Miro. I'll get to him in a little bit. But Wardlow, he's popular. He's getting over genuinely. It's not forced. It's organic. Wardlow's over with the fans. I love Wardlow. I'm so happy that he won the title tonight. They were actually in Rochester, New York. Shout out to Brody Lee. We love you, man. John Huber. Wardlow won the TNT Championship. He's the new champ. They need to build up Wardlow as a dominating force as TNT champion. He needs to go through a myriad of opponents. You know, you got Malachi Black. You have Pac. You have Penta. You also have Phoenix. You can also put some of the main event people in the TNT championship situation. You got Sammy Guevara as well. So I feel you got multiple people. But the one man that I would love to see Wardlow go 1v1 with is Miro. Miro versus Wardlow. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. That's that type of reaction that Wardlow and Miro would get if they went 1v1 with the TNT championship. Now, Wardlow needs to have a long reign with the title. I do not want, you know, Wardlow to have the title for a little bit and then just straight up lose to somebody. Now, MJF is out. MJF has been gone. He's been silent. No mention of MJF whatsoever. Let me do a little fantasy booking here. I love fantasy booking, so let's get right into it. Wardlow being TNT Championship and being TNT Champion is really opening my eyes to an eventual return for MJF. I believe an MJF versus Wardlow matchup for the TNT title would be brilliant. I mean, I originally pitched on my show that Wardlow versus MJF should be for the TNT title. I actually pitched for MJF to be the one to beat Scorpio Sky and getting MJF versus Wardlow for the TNT title. That obviously hasn't happened because of, you know, uh, MJF being gone from AEW television. From one way or another, I don't give a fuck. He's off TV. That's all that matters. Wardlow winning the TNT title. This would be a perfect shoe-in for MJF to get right into the thick of things and 
you know, I'm going to be honest. I think Wardlow, again, should have a dominant reign with that championship. Wardlow should beat Pac. Wardlow, you know, should beat this person, that person. And then he gets to Miro. Okay, he gets to Miro and he beats Miro. And then out of nowhere, we see the return of MJF. And MJF is that guy to beat Wardlow. I think at the end of Wardlow's reign, when he eventually loses to somebody, I think that person should be MJF. That is just a fantasy booking idea. Let me know what you guys think about that idea. Wardlow eventually losing the title to MJF. Now, we went back to commercial break and we come back to commercial. So, again, Wardlow is the new TNT champion. And so, we went to commercial and we see John Moxley. He cut a promo talking about how he thinks Brody King, who he's going to be challenging for the AEW title, is going to surprise him and catch him off guard. But he knows exactly what kind of monster Brody King is. Ten days ago, he took a man he deeply respects and admires with Hiroshi Tanahashi. They had a good match at Blood and Guts. Had a good match. So he took Hiroshi Tanahashi to the deep waters and blooded and battered and beaten was John Moxley. And then Blood and Guts was like a picture perfect for John Moxley. He knows exactly who Brody King is, who he's been, and he's seen him in New Japan and Ring of Honor. And the only question left is how big his heart is. And we're going to find out because he's going to be swimming in the deep waters and finding out how he has his limits. It was a perfect promo from John Moxley. John Moxley is one of the best promos in the game right now. Awesome promo from Moxley. We come back from commercial. We see Smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nese were backstage. They have an offer for Keith Lee who turns them down. Keep it moving. Christian. This is one of the best parts of the entire show, in my honest opinion. We get back from commercial, and we've seen Christian Cage. He makes his entrance. Flagrant by Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus as a heel, wearing all black. The mask. You know, the whole getup. It's perfect. And I would love to see a blood feud rivalry with him and Jungle Boy. I think this would be great. And a great thing to give not only Jungle Boy something to do, but Luchasaurus something to do as well. Them two in a feud would be great for the mid-card in AEW. So I can't wait to see what happens there. But we've seen Christian and Luchasaurus. Christian says that he's the cage everyone is talking about. And everybody is demanding to know why Luchasaurus is remaining aligned with him. But before he can answer, enters Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy comes out. He tells Christians he's unreal, like Michael Jordan, of being an asshole. So he's comparing Christian being an asshole to Michael Jordan, who is have a rich history of being an asshole. Jungle Boy was his friend, and they've got to know each other over the past couple years as well. And nobody deserved what Christian did to Jungle Boy. Cage tells him that he doesn't know Perry the way he knows him, and he's starting to make his brother sound like a sober one. Bars. What a comment. What a comment. Christian has been on fire. He's been on fire. 
throughout this entire run as a heel, cutting pipe bombs after pipe bombs after pipe bombs. Bars was this promo. This was great. I loved it. Matt tells Cage that he was using Jungle Boy to stay relevant. Woo! This promo was great from both men. So after that relevant comment, he gets it because he was doing the same with Private Party and Butcher and The Blade. So I love that. Matt Hardy didn't contradict himself, didn't sound like a hypocrite, and explained that. Yeah, Christian, I did the same thing with Private Party and Butcher and Blade. So you're not alone. After that, he says that he regrets that, and he's here to make sure nobody else is taking advantage of. Christian calls him a clout chaser who uses his kids, his father-in-law, and diplomatic boat. He'll even turn a blind eye to his brother's issues so he can have one last run. Bars. Christian. Christian, this is for you, brother. Christian is on another level on a promo game. I've always known Christian to be great on the promo. But AEW, and you gotta love AEW, you gotta support AEW from this standpoint. They really let their men and women go out there off the cuff. Obviously, you need to run in these bullet points, but at the end of the day, you're going out there, you're saying what you gotta say, keep it between the lines, but you kinda are unhandcuffed. You really are. I mean, the other promotion is ridiculous with scripted promos. But AEW, man, they're really different on the promo. They really are. So after that father-in-law diplomatic boat comment from Christian, he's going to sit here and say that he cares about Jungle Boy when he knows Christian Cage is the hottest and most influential star in AEW. And Matt is more embarrassing to the Hardy family than his screwed up loser brother. Bars. Christian's a monster on the stick. No question. Just great. This gets Hardy to attack, but Luchasaurus cuts him off, and then Luchasaurus lands a headbutt to Matt Hardy. To the floor does Matt Hardy, and Luchasaurus puts Hardy through the timekeeper's table. So what are we doing here, man? We're doing Luchasaurus versus Matt Hardy first feud. For Luchasaurus, I like it. I love this promo. You got the history with Matt Hardy and Christian. You have Christian and Luchasaurus. You know, Luchasaurus is guiding between under a Christian's wing. This is fantastic. This promo was the, one of the best things on the entire show, in my humble opinion. This was great. I really enjoyed it. Christian's killing it right now, and he's really doing a great job. So shout out to Christian. We've seen Blood and Guts recap. Again, Blood and Guts was brutal. It was awesome to watch that match. One of the best TV matches in AEW history. No question. Backstage, we've seen Tony Schiavone is uh, moderating an interview. I love when they do these interviews, but most importantly with AEW, I love when they do these sit-down interviews. Now, this was not a sit-down interview, but... I want to make it known, man, if I had my own wrestling promotion, when it comes to personal animosity with regarding the situation like this, with the history of uh, Claudio and Jake Hager, I would have done a sit down interview. I think this would have been perfect via a sit down interview. That's just me. But Tony Schiavone, again, moderating the interview 
in the loading bay between Claudio Castagnova and Jake Hager. Hager says Claudio isn't as tough as he is, and he's never been a world champion. Not even in Ring of Honor or in WWE. That's crazy because Jake Hager, a.k.a. Jack Swagger, was a world champion in WWE, but not Claudio Castagnova. That's tough. That's tough. Jake Hager honestly saying that to me, I'm thinking Claudio is going to be a world champion because you wouldn't say that and not give Claudio a title run. Claudio Casagnova, a.k.a. Cesaro, he will definitely have a world title run in his near future if it's the Ring of Honor world title or the AEW world title. So, him mentioning WWE was interesting because there was a report. I've seen it. There was a report that Tony Khan would be interested in doing a super show of sport. Pretty much what New Japan and AEW did, right? Forbidden Door with WWE and AEW. Let me tell you something. That would be absolutely fantastic. I would love to see a super show with WWE and AEW. You want to talk about asses and seats? You want to talk about immediate sellout? Instantly would be that. So let's hope it happens, man. I think that would be great. But, again, he mentioned ROH and WWE, and Hager says that he won't be in AEW. Casagnova Claudio says that he debuted to beat Zack Sabre Jr. and then beat his team in blood and guts, and he'll win again next week to go 3-0. and zero. So it looks like they're going to do Claudio Casagnova and Jake Hager. Something I would look forward to. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Again, I'm always honest with you guys, no matter if you guys agree with me or not. I don't give a fuck about Jake Hager. I don't care when he came out, when he debuted. I'm just like, ah, it's a tough dude, big dude. Wouldn't want to fuck with him, but I don't really care from he's really a vanilla. He's just there. He doesn't really have a personality. That's just my opinion. Next up, we got Butcher and Blade. And they went up against uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. So Lee and Williams having a bit of a hoss fight early on in the match, man. Big boys. And big boys, man. It's just crazy. So we've seen Andy. He goes to get a chair. But Parks has to talk him out of it. He tags made uh, Strickland with the back roll leg trip and a headlock side headlock. Back body drop and sends Blade to the floor. And then we see Bunny. She runs interference. Low Bridge sends Butcher to the floor, but Pepper trips Swerve up, and then that's how we go to commercial break. We come back, and we see both men jockeying for position in the turnbuckles. Swerve bites the Butcher's hand and dives an uppercut onto him, which was a perfect spot. I love it. I love Swerve's offense. It's really innovative. It's really quick and to the point. We see Keith Lee with the Stinger Splash. Shout out to Sting, one of the goats in the game. Uh, he's biding his time as well. But Parker into Williams. He pushes Parker into Williams. And letting out a primal roar. I love it. Keith Lee's great, man. He's really great. The total package. 
is Keith Lee. So we see off the ropes, uh, manufactured into a maneuver there. At the end of a junction, we see Piper pull swerve into the way, and we get a pounce by Keith Lee. Those pounces are insane. They really are. So towards the end here, we see Butcher and Blade running double teams to get Lee out of the ring bio for Andy and sets him up with the huge lariat at the end. Swerve into our glory via pinfall and Swerve and Keith Lee get the W. Good match. Good taxi match. Nothing more, nothing less. Let's keep it pushing to the aftermath of what we saw. So post-match, we see Powerhouse Hobbs, Will Hobbs, and Absolute Ricky Starks come down and they actually start scouting. All right. So they won't be disrespected and they're growing at their grown ass men is Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Stark says that they've been beaten really nice by not ending their careers, but they want to act like there are somebody they've proven there's levels to this game and Swerve and Our Glory are several lowers down bars. Let me tell you something about Ricky Starks. You know, The Rock. Shout out to The Rock, the great one. He mentioned to Montez Ford that he reminds him of himself. You know, Ricky Starks has this personality that is very charismatic and very similar to The Rock as well. Let me also tell you something. Absolutes Ricky Starks deserves a push. He deserves a push to the TNT title and even eventually going up to the main event scene. I think Will Hobbs is fantastic. He has great personality, great characteristics, good on the promo, good in the ring. He's a blue chip prospect in this game in AEW. And AEW has another pillar in Ricky Starks. They also have another pillar in Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs, great. He's getting better on the promo. He's solid in the ring. He has a great look to him. AEW is creating their own stars, man. And, and for people that have been seeing for years, oh, AEW don't create stars. Y'all are just, y'all not paying attention. That's all that is. So they continue and they say they won't be disrespected and they're grown ass men, so on and so forth. There's levels to this. They want to talk about the best tag team and who the best tag team is. Here comes the Young Bucks. Y'all know how it is. The Young Bucks are easily one of the best tag teams in the world. Let me repeat that. One of the best to me the best tag team in the world is ftr y'all know this that's why those fans in the arena were chanting for ftr so even they know so the young bucks are on the ramp they go to apologize for interrupting before remembering they don't have to apologize for anything because they built this company they say that they're two very good teams but four and a half stars this is crazy, man. The, the fucking Melter, you know, star rating shit. The Young Bucks pretty much said that we're five stars. Y'all are four stars. So you're not on our level. I love it, man. Good promo by the Young Bucks. But continuing on with their saying, uh, they said that uh, when they had their match at Double or Nothing, which was a great taxi match, awesome taxi match, that's an off night for the Young Bucks. And they couldn't even get the job done. Bars. Another bar by the Young Bucks, man. Mocking those two teams. Talking about how Jurassic Express ultimately got the win. 
when it was all said and done. They have a proposal, though. So I was like, hmm, it's pretty interesting. Let's hear what they got to say. Triple or nothing is what the Young Bucks said. Next week, Young Bucks defended against, or they will defend against Starks and Hobbs and Swerve in our glory. An FTR chant interrupted, and the Bucks say they're better than FTR, and the crowd should know that. So the Young Bucks putting the crowd in their place. Let me tell you something, Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. I love you guys. You guys are great, but it's all about FTR. It's all about FTR. FTR is the best tag team in the world, I would say. FTR, Young Bucks, those are the top two. My other favorite tag teams, you got the Usos. You got the Lucha Bros. You feel me? There's some good teams, man. You got the Briscoe, so on and so forth. But FTR is number one. So Malachi Black, after this promo, he cuts a promo on himself on John Moxley, saying he thinks he knows pain and violence, but Brody King will leave his mark on him. He's such a, a stoic, is Malachi Black. His storytelling, when he cuts a promo, is perfect. I love it. I really love it. It's just calm, smooth, but you understand what the man's saying. I think it's great. Next up, we've seen Eddie Kingston. He makes his entrance, and Tony Schiavone interviews him inside the ring. So Eddie Kingston congratulates Wardlow on his title win, another opponent that Wardlow can go 1v1 with, Eddie Kingston. He congratulates Wardlow on his title win, and then congratulates everybody on his team at Blood and Guts, even Claudio. Listen, man, we're going to get Claudio. I'm talking about Claudio versus Jake Hager. Fuck that. Fuck that. I don't want to see that. I'd rather see Claudio versus Eddie Kingston. That's what we need to get. And I actually hope it happens. I really hope that match happens at double or nothing. Save it. Please save it. But I think that's too long. I think we might even get it at Fighter Fest. I don't know. I doubt it. Um, we didn't really get that confirmed here in the segment. But I can definitely see Eddie Kingston versus uh, Claudio sometime very soon. And I think that would be an incredible match. So, again, Eddie Kingston congratulated everybody, even Claudio. He's a nice guy. He's growing up. Uh, he's really out here to call out Chris Jericho for making him a liar. He didn't taste his blood. So he's going to get him again, and he's going to taste his blood. Chris Jericho shouts out from a Tron and says that if he wants to get crazy, he'll show how crazy he can get. And orders Tay Conti to slam a car door onto Ruby Soho's hand. Wow. That was crazy because you know what? Ruby Soho and Eddie Kingston are real friends. They're real friends. So, Eddie Kingston seeing that, he went right up to the ramp and, you know, tried to save his best friend. I thought that was great. Going off emotion, great storytelling. And guess what, guys? Guess what? It was simple and to the point. 
You don't need to convolute things and make things even harder than what it should be. Simple storytelling is effective storytelling. I thought that was great. Another match with Eddie Kingston and Jericho signed me up. They had a great match when they first had it. Not sure where it took place. I believe it was Revolution. Excuse me, might be wrong, but let me know what you guys think if it was at uh, Revolution. Excuse me. So, we've seen Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, wait, I've gone over that. I'm sorry. Hold up. Okay, here we go. I'm sorry. So, we've seen John Silver. He gets on the mic. He hypes up uh, Rochester, New York as Dark Order Country. I'll get to Dark Order in a little bit, but I want to I talk about this segment. So, Eva Uno says that why it's very important to say that this is today because every single one of us should hear it. He thanks everyone for showing up and showing support for him, and the six of them are here to stay. Dark Order is forever, and they begin a new chapter with the plural claiming this and should be Brody Lee Jr. to say it. QT Marshall interrupts. QT Marshall's an asshole, but that's the point. He asks how long we have to put it up with this shit in this charity case. He gets it. His dad is from Rochester, but his not his father. His father was a legend, but negative one is more like his mother. He didn't bring his friends out here, so he wants to face the 10-year-old man to man. And then we see Adam Page. He and Evil Nuno cut QT off, and the pass pretty much throw the microphone at him or whatever the fuck case might be, uh, to Silver and Reynolds to double-team him. Preston 10 Vance finishes him off with the Disclorer. Lariat Brody Lee Jr. gets on the microphone and says that he'd pin Marshall right now, but he's going to wait until he's 19. Very wholesome promo. This was great. Now, this is where I'm honest. This is where I'm honest. I think the Dark Order has ran its course. I don't care about the Dark Order. The gimmick. And AEW doesn't care either. Because if they did care, they would be getting pushed. And they're not getting pushed. So clearly, from a booking standpoint, Tony Khan isn't a real big fan of the Dark Order that much anymore. It feels like they only put the Dark Order out there just, you know, to excite the fans or whatever the case might be they don't really have any direction and they really don't all right just go off of history go off of the way that this faction is being booked and presented i'm not saying you know get rid of it but what i'm saying is you need to give them direction give them direction or i mean get rid of the the group get rid of the group because they don't really have no direction right now and so that's my piece and that's all I wanted to say. So we've seen Jim Ross. He gets in the ring and he goes to commentary. So we've seen Pesta Uxol versus Rush. Shout out to Rush. I'm a big fan of Rush. Andrade, El Idolo, and Rush as a tag team. They can definitely compete for the tag team titles. And I would love to see both men capture those titles this year. No question. This year, Rush and Andrade El Idolo capturing the tag team titles. So again, Penta and Rush went 1v1. We've seen trading overchops and an Indomitable Frankenstein blocked body drop. We've seen Rush 
for a superplex, and it's reversed to an inside cradle. Super kick from Penta to the floor, wrist lock, back uh, elbow drop, and then we see Rush stops him from going into the steps, but eats an arm drag anyway. Before I continue, let me say that Penta, you know, he's great as a singles. I love him. You know, I, I just miss the Lucha Bros. I really miss the Lucha Bros as a tag team. They are one of my favorite tag teams in the world. Penta definitely deserves a singles run, but so does Phoenix. Let's get Phoenix's flowers as well. Phoenix has a singles run. Penta has a singles run. If they need tag teams, just put them together. I think that's how they should utilize um, the Lucha Bros going forward. Just my opinion. Continuing on, we've seen Chops and Penta with the Sierra Mano. I love it. Zero fear. Off the top rope for Rush Dexum with an elbow. Brutal elbow there by Rush. Drawing him up. Whips him across the corner. Back body drop. And we see Avalanche's basement drop kick from El Toro Bango. Looks like a big move from him. From Rush. Back to the floor. Penta with the top. Uh, Corn Hero for the second start. Brawling onto the ground. And then we see going to commercial. We come back in Penta Escaro with a lung blower. He goes for the pen, but Rush kicks out. At the end of the match, man, we see Penta. He has him down for the win. Andrade puts Rush's foot onto the ropes. Low blow, tearing the mask off of Penta. And then Rush wins via a schoolboy pinfall. I mean, I don't mind it. Now, I will say taking off the mask is, is pretty old, but at the same time, I don't mind it. It's, it's really shocking when, you know, people take the masks off. It's disrespectful. It's really disrespectful, but it's a part of the gimmick. It's a part of the character. It's a part of what they're trying to tell in terms of story. So I love it. Rush wins again. Rush and Andrade El Idolo going after the tag team titles, winning those tag team titles. Needs to be a top priority for Tony Khan. And finally giving direction to Andrade. All right. You've been underutilizing him for months. For a year even. You got to cut that out. Andrade is a five-tool player. Andrade should be on the top of the card. Not being mistreated. So that, that's my opinion on that. After that, uh, we seen we come back. And we seen Orange Cassidy. We've seen Orange Cassidy, he says, this was a promo, he says that he doesn't sign anything without his lawyer reading it. And his lawyer, uh, this was ridiculous. Dan Housen is his lawyer, right? Who rose up to read the contract. Anyway, Shakespearing happened and Orange Cassidy versus Tony Nese is set for Rampage. And if Tony wins, Cassidy will sign the petition. All right. I guess. Moving on. We see in the ass boys, Austin and Colton Gunn, and the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster versus Bear Country, Bear Boulder and Bear Bronson, Fuego Del Sol and Leon Ruffin. I, I didn't care for this match. I did not care for this match. Matches like this should not be on the show. It's pointless and it does nothing for me, the viewer, and nothing for the people you know, in the arena. I'm going to the end of the match. So we've seen the ass boys in the claim. They get the win via pinfall with the Lario press from Austin Gunn 
on Bear Bronson post-match. The guns attacked the acclaim. Now, this was more exciting than the match itself. We've seen the gun club. They attack the acclaim. Billy runs in to pay them off and tell them to stop, but turns on the acclaim and White's caster out with the big lariat. Uh, we see Bowens gets his feet and axe for the one last scissor from daddy ass, but he gets a famous sir instead. Austin mockingly scissors fingers with an uncautious body of Bowens. I love this. This is great. Another highlight for AEW here. The ass boys turning on the acclaim. This is a mini feud that I can definitely get behind. Just because you're not in the TNT title pitcher, just because you're not in the uh, world title pitcher or the tag team title pitcher, doesn't mean that you will not get parental treatment, okay? This is a feud that has been brewing potentially for a while now and it's finally culminated here. I love it. This is great. Can't complain. Can't wait to see what happens here. We get Miro. He gets a promo where he talks about the differences between himself and Malachi Black. And he'll destroy the gates of hell to get to him because the Redeemer, the Redeemer, I'm sorry. Let me, let me do that again. Because the Redeemer is coming enraged. A lot more better. Miro versus Malachi Black. I'm with that match. Definitely. Now, does it happen at Fighter Fest? Possibly. We'll see what happens, but I like it. I really do. This match is going to be great whenever it happens. Women's wrestling time. So we see Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose versus Thunderstorm. Thunder Rosa. Love Thunder Rosa. Shout out to Thunder Rosa. And Tony Storm. Love Tony Storm. Shout out to Tony Storm. This match did nothing for me whatsoever. Marina Shafir is not a great pro wrestler. Sue me. That is my opinion. That's how I feel. She is not a good pro wrestler. Nyla Rose, she's cool. She's cool. I like Nyla Rose. Thunderstorm, it's explanatory. So we're going to take it to commercial. We come back from commercial and we see Nyla still working over Tony Storm, but she can't keep her from the legal tag. Thunder Rosa off the top rope with the diving crossbody hip attack knocks Shafir off the apron. We see chops in the ropes there. After that, we've seen uh, a drop Toho into a repeated stomp. Love the stomp by Thunder Rosa. It was great. Running drop kick to the arm. But Nyla gets away and drags Marina back in. A pump handle superplex cover. No dice. Storm with the hip attack off the top. And then Thunderstorm wins via pinfall with the spike driver, Thunder Driver, on Marina Shafir. All right. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Now, Thunder Rosa. Are we going to get Thunder Rosa? Versus Tony Storm again? I don't think so. I'm not sure where AEW is taking Thunder Rosa. I love Thunder Rosa. I'm a big supporter of Thunder Rosa. I would love to do a casual conversation with Thunder Rosa. She's fantastic. She deserves her flowers. Tony Khan, what the fuck are you doing? 
with Thunder Rosa. When it comes to the promo, she's not giving a lot of time. Why is that? Do you not like the way she speaks on the promo? Do you not think that she commands the viewer's attention on the promo? What's going on? What's going on? I'm just talking in general. She did not cut a promo tonight. I'm talking in general and the way she's being booked. All right. I don't like the way she's booked. Her title reign right now, and I love Thunder Rosa. Please, Thunder Rosa, do not take this as disrespect. I'm a big fan of you. You follow me on Twitter. I'm a big supporter of what you do. This is no shade to you. I'm talking about management. I don't know what the fuck management is doing with you and your booking, but they need to fix it. They don't have a direction for you, and I don't like that. AEW really needs to fix that. That's all I got to say. We've seen Tony Schiavone. He's backstage with Jade Cargill and Soli Hathaway. Every time Jade Cargill's on screen, she has my undivided attention. Shout out to Jade Cargill. Queen is Jade Cargill. Jade tells Stokes to cut the shit. And Stokes says he's hired Leela Gray. Shout out to Leela Gray. Big fan of her. She's from New York. So shout out to Leela Gray. Big fan of her. She has great potential, by the way. Um... So we've seen Leela Gray as an interim baddie. I mean, feel me. You know, if you a baddie, I mean, I think Leela Gray's a baddie. I mean, anybody that has, you know, that's a dude out there. That's all I'm going to tell you. And you look at Leela Gray, she's definitely a baddie. Let's keep it PG, guys. Let's keep it PG. So we've seen Jay Cargo. She mentioned Leela Gray. And it takes a special kind of finesse to get someone to go from wanting to beat your ass to save you and like he says trust the process yeah i wish the 76ers would say trust the process continuing on (laughs) so we actually go to commentary as they hype up their next upcoming shows aw's killing it man they're on their grind they are being consistent that's something that i need to work on either way Moving on, so we've seen Daniel Garcia, another blue-chip prospect for AEW. He cuts a promo on Willie Utah, another blue-chip prospect for AEW. For the people out there that say AEW does not create their new stars, please shut the fuck up. You're wrong. You are wrong. So Garcia says last week he put a foot on his neck and there was nothing he can do about it. He's not scared of anything and the death before Dishonor ROH show, he wants a title at the shot of the Peer Championship. And it was actually announced that we will be getting Willie Utah defending his title against Daniel Garcia for the Peer Championship. You know, I don't know much about Ring of Honor in terms of knowledge. I love the Pure Championship and the way it stands for it. I love it. I read what it stands for and everything, and I like that format. Of the PR championship. Moving on. We go from commercial. And we come back from that. We see FTR. The best. Tag team. On the planet. Shout out to the Young Bucks. FTR. They cut a promo. About how no match. Has taken more out of them. Than winning the ROH. World Tag Team Championships. At Supercard of Honor. Some people still don't think they're the best. Well I do. 
I do. Dax, I do. All right. Harwood, I do. So they pretty much are saying that people are discrediting them. But, yo, the fans are just chanting FTR earlier in the night. FTR, did y'all hear that? People on Twitter are talking about her to be the best tag team in the world. Y'all didn't see that? I'm playing around. They probably did. They definitely heard the fans. They're just going off storyline. So they mentioned how they were beaten bad, bruised, and they want the Briscoes. This perked my ear big time. They want the Briscoes, FTR2, at death before dishonor. Didn't they just get done having a fucking classic, a wrestling clinic with the Briscoes? We're going to do a part two? You know I'm going to be watching that. No question. Woo! Let's get it. Let's get it. I can't wait. Let me talk about the tag team division real quick before I keep it pushing to the main event. The tag team division is fucking fantastic. You got FTR. The Young Bucks are the tag team champions. You can tell that they are saving FTR versus the Young Bucks for All Out. I think they're going to do. I might be wrong. All right. But I believe Tony Khan is saving the Young Bucks versus FTR for All Out in September. And if that's the case, I can't wait. That's my piece. Moving on. We got the main event. We got the main event, man. It was Brody King versus John Moxley. This is for the interim AEW World Championship. I mean, did we all think that Brody King was going to win this match? <laughs> no. He did not win this match. John Moxley wins by referee stoppage. With the Bulldog choke to retain the title. I loved the way this match ended. Brody King did not tap out. Brody King passed out. That was fantastic. And the way this match ended. It was great. This was awesome, man. I had a great time with the match. Overall, this was a good night of professional wrestling for AEW. We got all out coming soon. Again, some big predictions, bold predictions. I think we're going to get FTR versus the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. John Moxley is the interim AEW World Champion. I think we are going to get CM Punk versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega is coming back soon. We might get the trios championships involved. Undisputed Elite versus the Elite for the trios titles whenever that gets revealed. Probably before All Out in September. If not, I would love to see Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole at All Out, man. AEW is doing great. They have a lot of momentum. Wardlow, one of the hottest acts in AEW. Big supporter of Wardlow. They're creating new stars. They're not utilizing everybody, and they got a deep roster. They got a deep roster, and we're going to have to just see how things play shape and things happen. I had a great time watching Dynamite tonight. Shout out to Tony Khan. Keep killing it. 
keep being creative and just keep doing your thing because you have a plan in place. Do not listen to the trolls. Do not listen to the skeptics that are out there trying to disrespect you and put a dirt on your name. You have a blueprint and you're following that blueprint. You're doing a great job. Shout out to Tony Khan. Shout out to Tony Schiavone. Shout out to Jim Ross, the GOAT of commentary. Speaking of Jim Ross, let's end it with this. There was a report. You guys seen this report. There was a report regarding Jim Ross saying that AEW, their pay-per-views are too long. Shout out to Jim Ross for speaking facts. Jim Ross was speaking 100% truth. Tony Khan, I need to cut down on the time length of these shows, dog. You got to cut it down. I have a podcast that I got to do. It. Obviously, other podcasters as well. Other writers out there that got to write these reviews, so on and so forth. These pay-per-views end damn near 10, 11 o'clock. And then we got to do the podcast afterwards or whatever the case might be. These pay-per-views are just too long. They're just too long. And that's, that's my piece on that. But thank you, everybody, for uh, continuing to support what I do. I know I got to stay consistent. I got some changes that are coming to the podcast when it comes to the scheduling. Uh, shout out to everybody that is always listening to casual conversations. Speaking of casual conversations, as of now, I will be interviewing Brian Hilbert, one of the referees for Impact Wrestling. I will be interviewing him on Friday night. As of now, if anything else changes, I will let you guys know on Twitter. But keep that in mind. Upcoming casual interview with Brian Hubert of Impact Wrestling, a referee. I'm going to be talking about him with Impact Wrestling and all the other topics going around in the world of professional wrestling. I got some other casual conversations in the works as well. The news and rumors have been a little bit slow, but, you know, I'll pick up eventually, man. And that's pretty much it. That's all I got for you guys today right here on the Wrestling Takeover, the number one podcast when it comes to creativity and honesty. Again, support the podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and commenting on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. And follow me on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. Also, read all of my articles. Got an upcoming article coming soon about Austin 3 that will be published to the platform real soon. So stay tuned to social media for that. I appreciate the continued love and support. Thank you guys very much. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. I'm signing off, and I will see you guys next time.